what is going on through the minds of people like that now and what can be done around that if that makes sense it's it's, it's so it's so interesting you mentioned that because literally before we came on i was um on my instagram i was actually answering a question someone asked me this question and i said or a similar question and i was mm. telling them about something i think i uh initially heard from dave ramsey which is your mortgage uh payment should be uh no more than 25 percent of your household income Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Yes, yes, Peter. I am very well. I'm very well. Uh, we are coming towards the what the end of the year, to be honest. It's the uh, fourth and final quarter of 2022. So uh, yeah, it really just occurred to me the other day that this is actually where we are. And it's been such an amazing year for me personally, but it's gone so quickly again now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're going to be doing one of those um, reflecting on the year episodes all preparing. That's it, preparing for the new financial year episodes very soon, man. It's just coming like that. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? The other day I was actually thinking about the episode we done last year in terms of what we uh, wanted to achieve uh in 2022 mm. and i know we're, we're due to record that episode it's going to be an interesting one because some of the things that happened this year was not well it wasn't exactly planned so yeah. it would be interesting no absolutely and i think you know normally you know when you do stuff like this um obviously we've been through a few eras of unprecedented things happening like the pandemic for example but you don't really think of it you just kind of think the year's gonna go like this there'll be ups and downs but mate there's not been a worse time in terms of economic times to even try and achieve certain financial goals so it'll be really interesting to for us where we reflect on this as well so I'm looking forward <laughs> to that part. yeah yeah same 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 uh good man good to hear from you though bro um and yeah just for our listeners as well just a massive shout out to you wherever you are we hope you are enjoying the journey we've been on. Um, we are actually observing or in and around our 100th episode. So it's been a long time, man. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. And we hope that, you know, you've you've enjoyed the journey thus far, man. And we love hearing from you, whether it's, you know, in person, via email, on Instagram, people we don't know, just messaging us and just letting us know how, you know, what value the woke finance podcast has provided um but yeah please do reach out to us let us know what you want to hear about what particular topic you want to hear about man but yeah nevertheless it's a massive shout out to you wherever you are in the world now today we're going to do a quick episode um it's going to be focusing on of course what's going on in and around us but in particular we're going to be focusing on I guess mortgages um, and interest rates or so and just to provide um, a bit of context um, I guess historically um, you know before 2008 you know we was in the time jacks of um, interest rates you know above four percent was norm it was it was fairly normal basically um, and even going up to around eight percent for example if you're going closer towards the year 2000. Then obviously we had the global crisis in 2008 or around that period. And since then, we've been in what I would call cuckoo land. Um, we've been um, in a time of very low interest rates, um, you know, under 2%, which is extremely low when, when, when you think of how it was before then. 
And now, of course, it goes without saying that things are looking, are heating up a bit now um, and interest is slow, uh, slowly rising. And obviously, Jax, um, we're here from the UK, but this has pretty much been fairly universal across the world. I know we get a lot of listeners, particularly in the US and other parts of the world. So, Jax, obviously a lot has been happening. Um, in the last 12 to 14 years... Many people have taken advantage in terms of taking on mortgages and mortgage debt, whether they're buying their first home or even just investing in property. Now, my question to you, Jax, is is the error of cheap mortgages, which is what we've been seeing over the last, you know, 11 years or so. Is that error? Is it over? And is it over for good? (laughs) Well, I guess uh, we first want to understand why we've... uh been uh privileged to uh experience a low interest environment um over the past uh well more than a decade about mm. 14 years now is is it, it came down obviously after the financial crisis the global financial crisis the credit crunch that took place in uh 2008 2009 on, onwards um one of the tools or the the best tools that central banks and and, and governments around the world used um, and it is the first kind of uh, weapon, which is to lower interest rates and mm. obviously take on things like quantitative easing as well. So we have experienced um, a very low interest environment for that reason. We needed to uh, boost the economy. We needed to uh, pump money into the system. We needed to help uh, assets. We needed to help people. We needed to help businesses. Um, and, and so, yeah, you, you know, we've, we for those that have been privileged enough to uh, be able to save more than what they spend and have capital to to uh, uh, either invest in property or to buy their first home by pouring down a deposit, they've benefited from this low interest environment um, mm. over a period of time. Now, the truth of the matter is when things change, as we have experienced in mm. the UK and the US and, and, and globally, where interest rates, uh, sorry, uh, in, inflation starts to uh spiral out of control, uh, you know, going above the two, three percent target uh, around the world. Um, again, the tool is, is the opposite. Um, you know, the tool is to actually um, restrict the money supply. What we want to do is we want to increase interest rates mm. um, so that inflation is cooled down because inflation is a problem. And I know mm. we've done a recent episode on, on inflation and, and what it means for individuals and for the global economy. So, that's where we find ourselves today, uh, 2022. We find ourselves in a highly inflationary uh, environment uh, where the response to that is, is high interest rates. Mm. And here in the UK, a whole, whole bunch of uh, stuff has happened. Mm. <laughs> Literally, it feels like every week something is happening. Gosh. Yeah, and, and uh, many people say this is uh, self-inflicted. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the so-called mini-budget that took place has also made things a bit worse. So, you know, here, here at the time of recording this episode, interest rates are spiraling out, out of control. Um, just a few weeks ago, uh, you know, uh, certain providers, mortgage providers actually pulled out the market altogether. Mm. So it's been it's been a very interesting environment. But I want to answer your question, of course, just after setting the tone. Uh, do we do we do we uh, believe that uh, we will never go back to the, that low interest environment? The question is, nobody really knows, but so, yeah. uh, it's, it's good to remember that um, prior to, to the last decade, interest rates were you know much higher than what they have been. Um, and, and depending on who you are, if you're someone who's a bit older than us, uh, we're, we're in our 30s, we, a lot of our listeners are in their 20s, late 20s, 40s, 
uh, if, especially if you lived in uh, the era, of, the era of like seventies and, and before then, mm. interest rates have been much higher than what it is even today. Mm. Um, I think the average interest rates might have been about five percent anyway. So uh, that's that's normal. That's normal. If you look at the, if you, if we kind of zoom out uh, from the last decade and, and actually zoom out to the past fifty years, hundred years, etc., that's normal. The interest mm. rate that that you know where where um, that we're now being charged that seems crazy is actually. It's actually quite normal um, relative to the upper periods. But of course, there are other things to consider. Hmm. Now, um, it seems like, you know, as you said, it is fairly normal. Um, it was fairly normal at a period of time. And obviously, we went through this economic cycle over the last year, um, over a decade or so now. Um, and we've been fairly, um, well, one could say privileged in that sense, just focusing on, I guess, interest rates. Now, um, we were talking um, outside of uh, this episode, Jets, and, you know, one could say we might be going back to how it once was, but in some cases, actually worse when it comes to mortgages. You want to explain why? Yeah, yeah. I think the, the main thing is uh, two things. Firstly, the actual cost of property or cost mm. of actually the homes. Um, we are living in an ever-increasing population where house prices have uh, gone up tremendously. Um, and it's extremely very difficult. We have a, we have a crisis. Uh, you know, we're not building enough homes <laughs> in time for the amount of people that need homes. Mm. So we we are already struggling, and and you know the house prices uh, reflect that. It's it's very high. There's very high um, home prices if you want to buy it. People are struggling to even get on the ladder, which is why they've created all these schemes. So it's different because interest rates are a percentage gain, um, and so. You know, even if you have a uh, lower interest on, on a higher principal, which is the actual cost, it could still be worth more than a higher interest on a lower principal, mm. which is, if that makes sense. So, you know, if house prices were 100K before and you're paying 4% um, or, or 5%, that's not as high in nominal terms as someone who's uh, got a property worth 300K and paying 3%. Mm. You know, so it's it's it, it may sound like we're going back to normal, and to some extent, yes, in terms of the actual rate, mm. in terms of the actual money, the nominal returns is actually much harder for us, and and um, and also it, it's, it comes down to understanding our real wages as well. Mm. You know, our, our wages, our increasing wages, have not kept up with the increase mm. in property prices. And so, again, it makes it actually harder, which is why, again, it's harder to be on a property ladder in the first place, hmm. um, let alone keep up with that with that monthly mortgage with, at a higher interest rate on a higher principal. Wow. Now, that's deep. Um, in the UK, um, current interest rates um, is 2.25%. Um, do you just want to explain that obviously doesn't mean that when you go for a mortgage, they're going to ask you to pay 2.25%. It's going to be way more than that, which is the actual mortgage rate. Do you want to explain what that difference is about? If that Because for people, listeners that, you know, we're talking about 2.5%, 2.25%, that's not what you're going to be paying on your mortgage <laughs> right now. No, no, I think what you've just quoted is what we call uh, the, the, the base rate mm. um, or, or the bank rate. Um, and so that's the, that's the rate that's set. Um, and usually mortgages and, and other forms of debt use this as a guide. Mm. Um, so it's, it's usually the base rate plus a certain percentage. 
Um, there are other rates that I've been used in the past um, and, and some that I use now. So um, it's not for the purpose of this episode because it can get quite technical. Mm. But um, there is something called Lineboard that used to be used before. There's something now called Sonia, uh, which is essentially um, things like how uh, the, the rate of which banks even into each other. Mm. Um, and so these these things when you hear these things remember these are just uh, the basis it's, it's mm. the base rate um, it's, it's, it's all you can actually call it some people like to call these kind of things as almost like the risk-free rate mm. um, and then the, the bank or whoever's lending you money has to add a premium to compensate the additional risk of lending money mm. and so when you hear these percentages understand that these are just the base rates um and so you know lenders will have to just use that as a guide and if it goes up um remember that as part of the formula because there's an additional formula um the actual rate of interest you're going to pay goes up even further Hmm. now um you know let's say we are going to be staying in this uh season for a while um and when i say for a while i mean we just don't know no one can predict the future um but for me, by a while, I mean in longer term, you know, anything between five to even up to 10 years and uh, beyond that as well. And when I say stay in a period of this, I don't mean, you know, interest rates because it's predicted to go up to, you know, 5% or 6% even um, towards the end of this calendar year or into 2023. I don't mean around there. I mean sort of above, you know, 3%, 2 to 4% sort of um, area, um, as opposed to where it once was. There was a time it was below 1%, bro, which was, wow, amazing. <laughs> um, but let's say, you know, we are going to be in that time when it is sort of around that 2 to 4% um, interest rates over the next decade or so. Um, what does that mean for, let's let's go for the people that want to buy a home. They're obviously everyday people want to buy homes, man. People want to get their first home or people want to invest or so. But let's focus on that, you know, that first home for our listeners right now that are, yeah, they're eager to buy their first home. What does it mean for them? And now all of a sudden they've been saving, saving, then all of a sudden interest rates are going up. We all know it affects like things like affordability checks as well. It's just crazy, man. Like, what does this mean? Yeah, I think I think you've kind of uh, set the tone. I think without completely discouraging it, everyone or anyone who's looking to buy a first home, I think um, understand that it will be more expensive um, and, and it will be more difficult to get onto the ladder. Hmm. Um, why? Because, as you said, the affordability checks have to be done. Um, and with a higher interest rates, it means, you know, it's, it's harder. It's harder, you know, for you to qualify as someone who can actually afford the monthly payments because that's, mm. a lot of the time that's a stress test um these 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 conditions um so th- there's that um but you know it's not all doom and gloom there's it's not all doom and gloom i'll say i'll say one of the things to 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 think about potentially is one of the causes of of interest rates going up and its relation to property prices is it can cause property prices to actually come down mm. um there is usually a lag but it can cause property prices to come down. It's not given, but generally that's the relationship. And so, as I say, it's not doom and gloom. Um, there are, you know, p- potential opportunities in the future. What I would encourage people to do is what we always speak about when it comes to wealth finance, which is to just manage your personal finances as effectively as possible, mm. which is to uh, always look for uh, intentional, proactive ways to increase your income, uh, keep your expenses low, uh, Stay away from bad debt is even more important now to stay away from uh, credit card debt and, and, and these kind of debts that have already a high percentage um, repayment. It's going to be even higher now. So it's mm. going to be really 
stop stop you and slow you down in your ability to gain any sort of financial uh, um, uh, kind of peace or any financial gain. So it's really important to keep expenses low, um, especially debt, uh, and get rid of those debts. And of course, you know, make sure your savings rate is much higher and, and your emergency fund is much higher as well. But mm -hmm. yes, uh, when it comes to buying your home, remember the processes. They will ask you for your pay slips. So your income is going to be uh, an important component of that. And also, um, they do look at your spending habits. So mm -hmm. your expenses are also going to be uh, another uh, important component. So just keep that in mind. And, and of course, try and save as much as you possibly can. Mm. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, we can't, you know, paint a wool over one's eye and say it's going to be, you know, uh, a straightforward process, but it's more, it's doable Um, if you, you know, continue to apply certain um. I guess, yeah, apply certain things as well when it comes to finances. Of course, if you are in a position to do so, there are going to be people that are just not going to be able to get onto the property ladder um, during, particularly as things start to peak up to that 6% as predicted um, as well. But um, no, that's really encouraging to hear. And just your point on, you know, the relationship on with property prices and the current economic uh, climate um, where property prices tend to um stall in 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 growth um that's obviously one to watch out for for people that are interested in buying their first home yeah yeah um, i mean I, I always say in, in any economic condition as long as you follow certain principles you can actually benefit and we 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 know and understand that it's, it's not it's not easy as, as people who literally just bought our uh our own properties uh mm. it's not it's not easy and it, it requires a lot of work but if you're diligent and proactive uh, and intentional, uh, you you can actually you can actually still do it. So don't see these things as just completely doom and gloom, but mm. do see it as a way to uh, be more prudent and, and diligent with how you do things when it comes to your personal finances. And also say uh, a word of uh, a caution is is to understand what debt really is. And mm. we talk about good debt and, and bad debt, but understand that debt is debt and understand the pros and cons of it and understand that it is leverage but leverage is a form of increasing risk um so understand that and make sure you factor that into anything that you do hmm. and you've just you know on that last point um the fact that debt is debt you just mentioned we've obviously gone through a, um, a property purchase recently what about those that own properties particular young owners as in bought in the last three to five years or so and we've we were probably fortunate enough to lock in at still a low interest rate, thank God. But the first time it comes to renew our um, mortgages, I maybe just talk to our listeners about what I mean about that, Jack's also. But we are going to see something different. So, and just to put things into perspective, you know, if someone is, you know, paying, I don't know, a thousand pounds a month with some of the interest rates we're seeing right now, it won't be unusual for that thousand pounds a month when it goes to renewing your mortgage in two years time to go up to like uh, 1300 uh, pounds a month that would not be unusual at all in terms of what we're seeing so yeah let's talk a bit more about current homeowners right now yeah you might even be lucky if you only get 1300 yeah literally <laughs> um so uh okay go, going back to what you're saying so yes there are different types of mortgages out there usually and again i'm explaining this for any newbies uh, when you do get a mortgage, um, generally speaking, there are different types. And the ones we, Peter spoke about, uh, the fixed rate mortgage, is where uh, for the first couple of years and 
often two years or and often five years, depending on which one you choose, you get to lock in uh, a specific rate um, of interest that the, the lender will offer you. Um, and, and so you pay a fixed amount of a mortgage every single month for uh, as long as the, the term is. So if it's two years for 24 months, if you have a fixed rate mortgage, you will pay the same amount for uh, 24 months, regardless of what happens in a global economy, regardless of what happens to the base rate. Um, and if and if you have a five year fix, then that's that's also for for obviously uh, sixty months. Um, and if but if you have a variable rate mortgage, then that actually moves in line with changes in in, mm. in uh, interest rates. So just just to uh, educate anyone that's a newbie to mortgages. Um, now, what I would say is, and interestingly, over the past few years, I have been a bit cautious and and a bit worried with with the amount of. Um, amount of people that have bought properties and mm. though we are huge advocates of everyone and anyone that can get on a property ladder they should but it has to be done with wisdom and diligence um, yeah. and where we've been where i've been a bit cautious is seeing just how many young people um have uh come onto the property ladder with uh, using schemes and stuff like that um and i've kind of forced their way into it um, I'm not really understand that actually a mortgage is still a form of debt, um, and and at some point you know the interest rates can change, mm. and how much you're paying now may not may not be how much you're paying later. So if you use, for example, the help to buy scheme, um, you know for five years you don't have to pay the equity loan on on uh, what the the the, um, the government will give you, but after five years you have to pay that that amount back. And then you have to pay back the mortgage as well. So mm. I was a bit cautious about just how many young people were coming into the property ladder. At first, I was really happy, but then I thought, oh, especially those that go online and you know, they say, hey, I'm a property owner and I'm only 23 and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And you know, it sounds great and 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 it sounds good, but I I, I do I did worry about whether it was done with diligence. Mm. Um, so. That's that's that, that's important. I think those of us that are remortgaging again, we just have to. I, I'm remortgaging next year, so I mean, mm. I'm I'm in the thick of things. Mm. Um, I think the key thing will be to really understand um, the situation that that I, I find myself in at that time, mm. six months before the mortgage term. So actually, mine is at, at the end of next year. I can actually start looking at different products. Mm. Um, I think the key thing then and the key thing for anyone who's about to remortgage anytime soon is to use a mortgage broker and a mortgage advisor hmm. so if um you 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 know you, you don't really know exactly what can work best for you and, and in fact even if you do um definitely speak to a mortgage broker because mortgage brokers and i'll say an independent mortgage broker as well mm-hmm. so an independent mortgage broker is one that has access to the whole market to find, find you the best deal Right, that's what the mortgage broker is there for. And and, and mortgage... for the independent mortgage broker, that's as opposed to I don't know if you go to a local bank and then they give you someone from that bank. Yeah, yeah. So so, so unfortunately, there are some people that would literally just say, "Hey, I want a mortgage, so I'm just going to go straight to uh, X Y Bank yeah. and then speak to a mortgage broker." That mortgage broker will come and only offer you mortgages from that bank. Yeah. Whereas if you go through a mortgage broker, he or she will have access to different types of lenders they even have street lenders they even have specialist lenders mm. um they have access to all of them and they can find the best rate for you but i also say speak to a mortgage advisor as well and more, more, a lot of mortgage brokers are mortgage advisors as well mm. because the mortgage advisors can give you further advice 
um, on on your personal circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, because the key thing is for you to understand the product that you're about to get into mm-hmm. and understand all the pros and cons so that you can make an informed decision. Hmm. Um, for uh, I was going to say for and Ian this could be even for um, a new homeowner as well but for those that are about to remortgage or you know young homeowners as well or newbie homeowners let alone young you could buy at any age and um, they might be thinking I'm buying my first home or I'm about to remortgage and you mentioned a couple of words before fixed and bearable we're in a slightly different time right now what's like what's like the thinking behind all of this yeah so what what is one going for (laughs) i think i think uh historically it was uh sensible to go for a a fixed rate mortgage Mm -hmm. generally they became very popular and by the way if you're listening to the world finance podcast uh know and understand that we don't give regulated financial advice Mm -hmm. uh even though we have quite a bit of knowledge (laughs) what we do is we um, provide information, uh, guidance and education. And a lot of things are based on our personal experiences and our personal opinions as well. And so in this circumstance, you know, my personal opinion is that I feel as if um, historically after 2008 onwards, when interest rates were so low, um, a part of me would say it was, it was slightly obvious that there's only one raise going. <laughs> but that's easier said than done because um, there are times where it could have even gone the opposite way. Mm. You know, we we saw in many parts of, of Europe that there were even negative interest rates. Mm. And, and so, mm. and so, you know, yes, it would have been a good idea to fix then and maybe even fix for a long period of time. But the thing is, and the truth of the matter is, nobody has a crystal ball to predict mm. the next 10 years. And so what I would say is when you when it comes to fixing a mortgage, I think I think the main benefit of a fixed rate mortgage is the fact that it allows you to budget more effectively Mm. uh, because you know exactly how much you're going to pay each and every month for the period of the product. That's the main benefit of a fixed rate mortgage. But remember, when you do fix a mortgage, you don't know whether um, in the next five years or within a period where you have your product where interest rates can even go down mm. and if it goes down you may feel as if oh man I wish I had a variable rate mortgage yeah. because I'll be paying less um, but again you don't know you actually don't know and that's that's really important to remember no I, I, I yeah I definitely heard that and as you said it, it goes to the it touches on the importance of budgeting and knowing what you feel comfortable paying regardless if this is if you're going to fix you obviously regardless of you know whether interest rates does go low or not you're comfortable that this is what you're going to be paying for the next two to five um years or so and just on that as well um jacks obviously you know there's very sophisticated calculators out there as well for anyone that is looking to remortgage in the next year or so i'm assuming you can just kind of prepare for the future you can play around with some of these calculators to see what you might be paying and stuff when the time comes yeah yeah there's many there's mortgage calculator websites out there um here in the uk we also have uh websites like compare the market so you can Mm -hmm. go around there and actually play around um i actually done that recently to see if i was to be mortgaged today what i'll be paying (laughs) just just (laughs) (laughs) well i said let me log off (laughs) Let me pretend that this was a dream. I will come back in six months. Exactly, exactly. Uh, 
That is crazy. Um, but no, like, I mean, it just allows you to be better prepare, you know, really assess your income and what your income could be when that time comes to remortgage as well. And how you can, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, reducing expenses and how you can increase your income as well. But Giles, I want to go back to that point when, you know, you express, you know, your concern or questions about, you know, um, newbie homeowners um, or younger homeowners getting onto the property ladder via, I guess, government schemes. Um, you mentioned the help to buy scheme which you know essentially you get a mortgage from um your local um mortgage lender whether that usually a bank but on top of that the help to buy scheme also had a government intervention where they gave you x amount i can't remember the figure you, you would know more but they would give, give you x amount which was interest free or you didn't have to start paying back until after five years and then when that five years is up, people have to start paying back. And when you pay back that amount, is that in line with um, current rate, basically? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I have a feeling it will be. Yeah, because I remember, yeah, yeah I, you know, what you're paying back on the sixth year could be completely different to seventh year, eighth year, etc. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can double check that, but um, I definitely, uh, you know, echo your concern. And for people that maybe have found themselves in either, not just these schemes, but maybe taken on a bit too much, because, you know, especially in low interest rates, when banks or um, uh, lenders are doing affordability checks, they might have just about said, you know, this person can just about afford it and yeah. you know, let you go through. But the times we're in now, some people might be struggling. So, you know, they might have put on a bit too much home, you know, instead of buying a 200, and, a 200 grand home or 250 or even a 300, uh, 300 grand home with, you know, looking at their means and their wages, they might have, I don't know, bought a, a 400,000 pounds. I'm just giving, you know, random examples, but what, you know, what is going on through the minds of people like that now and what can be done around that, if that makes sense? It's, 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 so, it's so interesting you mentioned that because literally before we came on, I was um, on my Instagram, I was actually answering a question. Someone asked me this question and I said, or a similar question, and I was mm. telling them about something I think I uh, initially heard from Dave Ramsey, which is your mortgage uh, payment should be uh, no more than 25% of your household income. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's a very good mm. guide and it's something that I, I use um, because th there's a saying that I like to use now, it's called don't live too close to the edge mm. because you might fall off. Mm. Um, and, and the edge is where your, your income is so close to your expenses um, so much so that all it takes is a bit of inflation. So a bit of inflation means your cost of your of your groceries and that kind of stuff goes up um, and interest rates go up for your mortgage. Then all of a sudden you're living, um, as the African will say, hand to mouth mm. or patient to paycheck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so so it's, it's, it's very important. But uh, just, just to answer your question, um, it's, 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 I generally believe that's what a lot of people have done yeah. um, because of cheap money. And um, for other reasons, which uh, is, is more opinionated, where I think uh, buying a home became the new flex. <laughs> That's why mm. I say, you know, because I saw on social media every two minutes, someone was saying, oh, I bought a home. And mm. it seemed that the, the next thing that you have to do, you mm. have to do it. And, and if you're not buying a home, then you're not, you're not doing something right. Mm. So I, I do, I did question whether uh, people were being mindful and diligent and, and prudent with with you know how they were getting these loans and like you, you rightly said you, you hit the no one ahead when you say uh, mortgages obviously are, are are regulated products and so you know the the lender has to do affordability checks mm. but it could be at that time you could 
But when time when time mm. goes changes, then you know you, you might be struggling. And of course, circumstances change. Mm. Um, uh, inflation rates change, and 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 you, you might even lose your job, for example. So mm. it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And I think the key thing here is um, uh, to to think about how we can always have an increase in income. Again, everything goes back to our foundation here at Water Finance. Mm. And when we talk about increasing income, one of the key things that I'm most definitely going to do <laughs> when the time is, 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 comes is I'm going to ask for a pay raise. Mm. I need more money. Mm. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, because, you know, I always say for, for everybody, um, you know, uh, you, you should ideally be having pay increases every year, at least mm. in line with inflation, mm. just to keep your purchasing power. Um, so I would definitely be asking for a minimum of that. But also, um, you know, as an individual, every single year I progress. Mm. And so I add more value to the company. So why am I being paid the same? Mm. You know, um, so that's that's also what I believe as well. But just generally speaking, yes, that's one thing you can do. Have the conversation in humility, but of course, prove your worth and make sure you're valued for the value you bring to your firm if you are someone who, who is obviously working. And then we talk about other ways of increasing income, such as such, such as sad hustles and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I wanted to go back to your, your question about, um, you know, uh, the, the RPI and, and mm. paying back interest. The truth of the matter is there's no such thing as a free lunch. And mm. I think that's that's the one of those. I think that was the one of the first things I learned in economics. There's no <laughs> such thing as a free lunch. Um, and the other one is the economic problem of scarcity. But mm. um, you know, it, it's important to remember this. Um, and even when it comes to student loans, because that's another question that I was asked, <laughs> um, which is a conversation for another day. Yeah, we need to do another episode <laughs> of that. <laughs> yeah. Was should I pay off my student loan? And, and then I said to them, Well, actually, interestingly, my my student loan interest was. And this is also pegged to the RPI. Yeah, was zero point five percent. Yeah. And then the other day, when I was doing my quarterly uh, financial checks, I noticed that the interest rate was two point five percent. Yeah, mine was going to two point. I literally checked last week, two point five percent. Yeah, that changes. <laughs> that changes everything, <laughs> you know. And, and of course, whilst on, on, on in my personal circumstances, it's still not the most efficient thing to do to pay it off completely in one go. Uh, it does so allow me to ask the question because you know it's it's or five times more expensive mm. in terms of the interest rate um so yeah it's 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 not it's not easy times and you know we 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 always think about ways in which we can actually earn more um to to, to combat these situations mm. now now on that uh, well on the back of that um in terms of loans um even looking at mortgage um mortgages right now you know obviously every year as you're paying the mortgage, what you have to pay is decreasing, although interest rates um, are increasing, but as years go by, you know, five years, even a decade, the amount you are paying on starts to decrease. So um, you're being charged interest on a smaller capital amount, essentially. Um, what are your views on seriously attacking that? So, you know, your minimum payments is obviously your monthly mortgage payments, but what are your views on making overpayments? <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> fantastic um i think i think it's a is a huge debate it's, mm. it's a big debate that happens uh and and it's and and the um the leverage guys have been winning the debate over the past 12 years mm. because of cheap money and low mm. interest rates um but as the tide is turning and interest rates are going higher one would say that hey actually at this moment it is by far better to pay off your mortgage as quickly as possible and have that guaranteed return. It's a conversation. Mm. It's, it's another whole episode where we talk about 
you know, should do actually pay off your mortgage because there's a lot to consider, you know, mm. uh, and personal circumstances, like everything in personal finance comes into the, into the, um, the equation. Um, but I, I just generally to answer your question, I don't think it's a bad idea at all to be doing overpayments. In fact, I think that's a good idea as long as you can actually afford it. And this is why I, I always, I also like the idea of, you know, your mortgages not being more than 25% of your household income, mm. because if it's 25% or, or less, it leaves room for overpayments, hmm. you know, and the way overpayments work and the way interest works and the way mortgages work. Um, is that actually when you're paying back your mortgage in the first few years, you're not paying back the principal of the actual yeah. mortgage. What you're really paying is just the interest element. Mm. And so by making overpayments, um, you're actually starting to slowly, you know, attack the interest and then move quickly into actually paying off the actual principal of your mortgage. So um, it's something I'm actually considering, um, something that I'm going to speak to my wife about because I think it's actually a very, very good idea. And um, yeah, I'm actually surprised I haven't done it already. But of course, this year has been a busy year where we're actually getting around in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And and especially with interest rates still, well, we know it's going to go up more, but still relatively um, low as well. And just for that question, that side of the debate, should you even pay off your mortgage early? For our listeners, we did do an episode, episode 58. If you haven't heard that or you want to go back to it, do check it out. That's episode 58, should you pay off a mortgage early um so do check out that episode now Jax, you remember you mentioned the other side of the debate of um you know attacking down your mortgage is that you could you you refer to them as the leverage guys um <laughs> you would just want to give a different def- definition of what you actually mean by that for listeners yeah well the, the leverage guys i call them um is, is is those guys that think or believe that actually um the you know the best thing for you to do is to uh, use other people's money or use their bank's money as much as you can, especially in an environment where the interest that they're charging is is very low. Um, and they have a very, very good and solid point. And that's, that's true because generally speaking, if you can borrow at a rate of, let's say, 2% and invest at a rate of 5%, you have a net gain of 3%. Mm. Um, which is much higher than the 2% that you're paying, which is what we actually get, you know, when you pay off your mortgage early at a rate of two you know and, and the interest rate is two percent what you're really getting is a return a guaranteed return of two percent hmm. um so they they you know as i said the leverage, leverage guys have been winning because that that interest rate was really low even mm. though it's guaranteed it's just really low mm. um and, and so and, and in that same environment it actually made sense to to borrow and, and actually invest in assets Yes. Um, you know, and different assets because all <laughs> majority of asset classes actually benefit from uh, low interest rates, mm. um, whether that's stocks and shares or property and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, it made a lot of sense to borrow cheap money, uh, 2% interest rate and actually invest that money into something that will yield a higher return at 2%. And it's much easier to yield a higher return at 2% than let's say the five six percent that we're experiencing now no and let's let's bounce bounce off of that for the final part of this episode is you know um for the last yeah over a decade or so obviously interest rates have been fairly lower and as you said most assets benefit from this and one of those assets is of course real estate now the leverage gang would of course be you know if the means are there buying up quite a fair bit of uh, real estate property, investing in property, um, and literally just paying on the uh, low interest, uh, right, during this season. Now, let's talk for this final part. Let's talk a bit more about 
what's going on through the mind of a property investor now that's maybe over the last 10 years has probably purchased, I don't know, five, six, seven properties, rental properties um, to produce uh, free cash flow. Um, so let's have a chat about yeah. that, Jess. But before yeah. we do that, um, we're going to do what we usually do and just give a shout out to some areas where we're getting new listeners or just an area we haven't given a shout out from. But this is actually an area where we just randomly maybe about three weeks ago, got a sudden influx of listeners from, and this area is called Boardman, which is a city in Oregon, USA. So a massive shan. Jax, you've seen, but we've got a, like a massive influx of listeners from there. Yeah, it's a huge amount of listeners. And I, I'm not exactly sure how that worked out, but it must be maybe some sort of community or someone actually shared our, our post or something like that. So yeah, whoever that was, um, I hope you're, you're listening. Um, I hope uh, you're getting tons of value. Welcome to the Walk Finance Podcast. Um, you're here with myself, uh, Jax, and my co-host, Peter. And on this uh, uh, podcast, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. Um, and also, if you want to uh, you know, ask us questions and, and get involved with all the things that we do, you can obviously follow us, uh, but also go to www.com walkfinance.co.uk and you can see the actual work that we do in a community as well but yeah i hope you're getting tons of money and enjoying each and every episode absolutely and on our website for any of our listeners you can um literally just sign up to our mailing list so you can be kept up to date with what's going on as an example recently we shot our very first live podcast episode um, and it was a lovely debate the episode will be released soon it was a debate on investing in property versus investing in stocks which is going to be relevant actually for this final part we're going to chat about uh Jack. Um, and we had um one of our guest speakers palumi and um he was debating with jacks and um, it was a great episode um but stuff like that if you sign up to our mailing list you get an invite straight around you can join the live there and then ask questions be in the room with us as we're talking um and yeah it was really good for just sharing knowledge so many people was just inputting um into the debate as well Jax I don't know how you found it <laughs> and I, I think it was great fun you know I was able to put on my debate uh suit and, and just go toe to toe with, with Pulumi um and and you know completely uh you know attacking him where I can and just having a having a having a great laugh uh, but also uh being able to have a good and educational conversation mm. um about investing in different asset classes um and, and, I, and I wish you didn't say that because now I was going to attack the leverage guys purely. <laughs> I, I feel like I shouldn't really attack them but <laughs> I, I won't do so because uh they're not here to defend themselves exactly but, um, yeah <laughs> they'll but, come back on the part two of that debate exactly it's like part two uh but but also just just to uh yeah just to um answer your question actually Peter mm. regarding you know property investors that have uh invested in multiple properties I think you know the, the for most people to be able to build a uh, a property portfolio quickly, they will usually use um, kind of a strategy where they they kind of release equity and then use the equity to as a down payment for the next property. Mm. Essentially, what they're doing is just borrowing more and more and more money, um, and, and and that can work really nicely, you know, in the asset accumulation stage. Mm. Um, as long as in those properties you're able to uh, get tenants in. Um, and then the tenants will be able to pay rent that will cover uh, the, the debt, the mortgage that you have um, on the on the on the property. Now, um, in terms of this current circumstance uh, or scenarios that we have now, the, of course, the interest rates will be higher. Mm. Um, as, of course, if you're f- fixed for a long time, it won't affect you on, until when it's time. 
but generally speaking, yes, the interest rates uh, and interest rates on these are normally higher anyway. Mm-hmm. By the way, but um, yeah, so the, the, you know the interest rates will have to go up. Now I'm sure uh, a lot of property investors will say, well, what we're going to do, and what actually does happen is that rents go up as well, mm-hmm. right? Uh, rents go up to compensate uh, the business, which is uh, which is actually the landlord. Uh, for the input costs, for the higher input costs. And, that, and that's just how businesses work. And I mm. believe we put it correctly in our debate that uh, for property investors, good property investors, it's a business, mm. right? You are providing accommodation uh, and a service. And that's how it should be done. I'm, I'm very strong about that because I know there's some terrible landlords out there. Mm-hmm. But you are providing a service to, 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 uh, to your tenants. Um, and yes, you know, as a business, when your input costs go up, good businesses, what they do is then usually pass that on to the to the consumer in the form of higher prices, mm-hmm. um, as long as the the service is still good and valued. Mm. Um, so there's so there's that element. Mm. Um, but you know, the difficulty with that is if if you are in, a, in an economic crisis where inflation is high and, and so your tenants they themselves are already struggling. Yeah. Um, with the with the life costs um, and, and you know that kind of stuff, it's difficult to put up rent. Mm. Um, so so I think mm. what's really really uh, potentially scary for some property investors, especially those that are very highly leveraged, is uh, tenants will stop paying. Mm. If they can't afford it. They'll, they'll just stop paying, and then you go you, you start to struggle with the, the issue of having uh, 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 properties that are not filled. Um, and that's and that's 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 scary. So I would say the m- most important thing goes back to everything that we talk about is to mm. be very very diligent with with how you do things. Uh, and my advice for property investors is is to watch leverage because the the thing about leverage is it is an increase in risk. That's what mm. debt is. It's an increase in risk that can come with a, a high increase in return, and that's amazingly great in an environment, a macroeconomic environment. Uh, where there's cheap money, low interest rates, and everything is all cuckoo land. It's hmm. great. In fact, that's what you should be doing. And, and, and I'll tell you now for free that that's why there's been a huge influx of property training courses and that kind mm. of stuff. Because in the past 10 years, we've had such cheap money. It made so much it, it made so much sense <laughs> to actually invest in property mm. uh, and borrow. Um, but as times of, are changing, you have to be more diligent. Uh, and aware of the impact that higher interest rates and, and a more harsh economic environment, what this actually means for 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 your for your business, which is which is property letting. Hmm. Wow, wow. Um, <laughs> and you know, as you were even talking about, you know, a huge influx of property uh, investing courses and YouTube videos. Similarly, with you know, we talk a lot about stocks as well. Um, there's been an increase on that, but in more recent times, uh, the YouTube videos have been decreasing. <laughs> well, that's 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 the thing, right? You know, like it, it, from March 2020 onwards, uh, when we were all locked up, uh, and, and you know, central banks and governments around the world jumped in to bail us out. Um, everyone was a YouTube, mm. <laughs> YouTube maker, you know, everyone, I mean, uh, it, I, I used to, even, I mean, I did, I started YouTube before then, but mm. everyone was, uh, sometimes I'll go online and I can tell the person making this video has not got a clue what he's talking about, <laughs> what she's talking about, um, but they're talking about the next 10x stock. Yeah. You know, every stock was going to do 10x, but mate, I saw some videos that said, this is the next 30x stock. I said, goodness me. 
<laughs> in, in just a couple of years. <laughs> a, and I just said to myself, what is going on here, Jimmy? And and so um and, and that's what happens when when things seem to be doing well. Everyone seems to want to uh join this game and, and then people take advantage, people take it to the next level mm. and even start creating you know training schemes or, or mm. YouTube channels or these things as, as gurus. And you know, sometimes people call me a financial guru and I said, no, please, mm. I am not a guru. Mm. Uh, you know, I am yes, I'm educated. I've got degrees and, and qualifications in finance and investment management and I work in the industry. So I'm a professional. Um and I'm, I'm also someone who is uh, in the game so I'm, I've got some experience and that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm curious mm-hmm. and I'm still learning um, but to call me a guru um, it's, it's not it's not exactly um, what, I, what I like to be called hmm. um, but it's, it's important for our listeners to also be aware who they call their financial guru uh, or who they get financial uh, education from um, I think the most important thing is to do your diligence on those people um, to understand why you should be listening to them or following them in the first place because in an environment where everything's doing well, trust me, they all come out. And when it all goes wrong, they all start hiding. And they're not there to hold your hand from exactly. based on the decision you made just from listening to them. Exactly. You bought this stock because uh, Jimmy, or let me not use Jimmy because it's actually YouTuber I like called Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> because, because uh, I don't know, Bob Danero said this, this stock is going to 10x because this company is going to go to space next week. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not how things go. Hmm. Wow. No, man, that's been deep, man. Um, anything else you want to add to that just in terms of this this era we're in regarding, you know, the high interest rate era we're having and the effects on mortgages? Uh, it's peak, but yeah, <laughs> it's peak. Uh, but as I say, uh, tough times don't last. Uh, tough it. people do. Is that how it goes? Tough <laughs> times never last. Only tough people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all, all, all jokes aside, in any economic climate, in any situation, you can benefit as long as you're Absolutely. diligent. Um, I think that's the most important thing: to be diligent, to keep working, uh, to manage your emotions. I think that's mm. really important. Manage your emotions. Uh, think long term. Always think long term. Um, and 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 that's that's the key. That's the key. Um, just keep being diligent. Keep listening to the Walk Fans podcast because mm. we're gonna be here to motivate you and walk you guys through the journey as we are on our own personal journeys as well. Um, and 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 understand that it's not all doom and gloom because mm. actually these situations create the best opportunities for people long term. Um, and for me now, that's what I'm thinking about. How can I benefit from this situation? How can I protect myself first and mm. foremost? But then also, how can I benefit from this so, so much so that in the next uh, 10 years plus, I can look back and say, hey, you know, those were tough times, but I was diligent. And mm-hmm. I was actually able to take advantage of that situation. <laughs> love it, man. Love it, love it, love it. Now, it's been such an interesting discussion and one we can imagine is going to continue. For our listeners, hopefully you found it really good. Um, if there's any questions that have come out from this, um, we do encourage you reach out to us, man. We're on Instagram if that's your preferred method, Woke Finance Team. That's Woke Finance Team, or you can drop us an email info at wokefinance.co.uk, um, or hit us up on our website, man, www.wokefinance.co.uk. We're here to listen, man. It helps us as well as we continue to discuss different uh, topics and themes and 
topics here on the podcast. So hopefully it's been of use to you. If you think of anyone, one person that this could be a value to share it with them. You never know how it might impact their lives in the now and in the long term. Put it on social media. You never know who's listening or who's watching. So no, just a massive uh, shout out to you all. And Jax, man, as always, always a pleasure to catch up until the next time. And remember all, stay stay woke. woke.